Knights HQ, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real-world training for engineering, trades and construction. G'day and welcome to the latest edition of Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Thanks to Maxwell Recruitment and Training, providers of engineering and construction labour to the Hunter for over a decade. Well, this week, as you can imagine, it's been a little different at Knights HQ. It has been weird, in fact. The club's been asked to relocate the entire operation to the southeast Queensland corner for the foreseeable future. Big job, really tough, but you know what? The players have been awesome. So we've decided to give them this week off the podcast, allow them to go home, spend some time with their loved ones, pack their bags, do a bit of manscaping, get the budgie smugglers ready, because we're all heading up to southeast Queensland. Look, it's not a holiday, it's going to be pretty tough, but in all honesty, we're grateful to be able to keep playing the game and do whatever it takes. We'll play on the moon if we need to, and that's the attitude the players have taken. So what we're going to do this week with the podcast, we're going to reflect back on sensational nine episodes of the podcast so far, with the likes of Kalen Ponga, Connor Watson, Mitchell Pearce, Blake Green. So we're going to take the opportunity to reflect back on that. Before we jump off, we're excited to announce the first winner of the Knights HQ competition, which has been awesome. Congratulations to Morgan Hayes. You're the official winner of the Knights $50 voucher to the uh, Knights shop. And if uh, you're interested in being part of some more, make sure you keep an eye on your DMs for more details. If you want to be in the draw for next week, if you want to be in the draw at a shot to win a 2022 jersey next week, all you got to do is simply subscribe, rate and review the podcast and direct message at NRL Knights Instagram page. That's it. And you go in for an awesome jersey, the 2022 version. For now, well, we'll see what the COVID life brings in the bubble in Southeast Queensland. We'll have a look back on the first nine episodes. Let's let it rip. Take a look behind the curtain as the Knights take things to the next level. Watch the next episode of Level Up exclusively on newcastlenights.com.au. Welcome back to the Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Special guest, Calum Ponga and co-host, Connor Watson. Do you have a pre-game ritual? Do you a meal, something? What, what do you do consistently before the game, Kalen? Well, last year I used to eat pasta the night before, but Connor's been eating steak and switching it up a little bit and said that he feels pretty good. So other than that, I'm not really. I used to sleep a lot. I changed that too, though, because like, I didn't want to sleep. I wanted to be outdoors and doing stuff. So I don't really have like a set in stone thing, and Connor's probably the same. Just be careful. He has turned into a bit of a carnival with that extra kilos, that lean muscle he's put on him. <laughs> Meat eater now. <laughs> don't know about that. Still get some greens in there frankie but yeah i did decide to change up the pre-game meal i just felt too heavy when i had pasta so or not heavy sluggish yeah. now i've been going steak some veggies and some greens and stuff and yeah I, f- I feel a lot more energetic the next day not like i'm tired or anything and like kalen said he doesn't have a sort of a routine he just does whatever i'm the same i find that if you have a routine and you don't do it you wig out too much yep. mm. where this way there's no reason why you play good like you can't go oh i played good today because i had this for lunch and then you have to do it the next week it just doesn't matter if you change it all the time then you just play good because you play good because you went out there and did your job hey boys we're going to dive deep now into you carl and find out not anything to do with footy so i'm going to put some rules around this and try and stay away from the standard stuff that you get all the time we want to find out what makes you tick and really uh a little bit more about him and connor your job is to drag more information out of him so you're up for your challenge <laughs> yeah i know a lot about him tell literally. us something we don't know that he's a shame that he's a ranger <laughs> is that true Kalen? <laughs> I'm not a ringer. 
So what are you? Nah, he's uh, Burgund- um, Burgundy. Burgundy or Auburn. Ron Burgundy? Are we or talking? strawberry blonde or brown <laughs> or light brown? Either one. You can pick. You can <laughs> pick which one. Does it change in the light? Your hair does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, when it's wet, it's like brown. Then when it's light, it's like light brown. <laughs> Dark brown to light brown, eh? Yeah, yeah. And then in summer, it goes a bit more strawberry blonde, bit mousy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's a good correction. There you go, straight away. Knights HQ, we've unveiled that, that he's not a ranger. No, he's not. What about your interest away from rugby league? We hear lots about, Kalen loves his photography, loves his graphic designs. What really grabs your attention? What do you enjoy doing? I like being around people, obviously, my mates. That's probably my, my main thing. That's one thing that... I'm not very good at being alone. But then, like, the creative stuff, whatever, it, I don't really mind if it's photos or the podcast is a bit of a creative outlet or just creating content in general. I think fashion isn't really my thing. That's more Connor's thing. But, yeah, anything really in that space. I think um, one cool thing about Kalen, and I reckon it's sort of rubbed up on me, is as much as we are football players and, you know, we love being around all the footy boys and stuff, a lot of the people that we connect with away from football, and I know Kalen does this, especially are just like creative people mm. it's just something different i don't know it helps your creativity i feel like it helps mine when i'm just hanging around creative people different people that's why we spend so much time down at lord's coffee shop because yeah. they're, they're so different away from the normal but we don't talk about footy ever nah. you know there's a time and a place but at our house there's no footy really spoken when we're at training and whatnot it, we definitely do our job but yeah we just like other things away from the field and it's good your house, it's like a really big open invite, it seems. There's, mm. there's a lot of people passing through and you're always welcome. There's always a bed. Is, is that fair? I feel like you could describe it as a halfway house. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to do that. But. Especially just all my mates come. Everyone, Kalen's yeah. mates come down. It's there's like a- the house. Like everyone, if we're going to meet up somewhere, we just, we'll just all come, over, come, come to our house sort of thing. It's just the way it is. I mean, Johnsy's house is one better. Texie lives at home. Croaks. Croaks is uh, no better. <laughs> like, we don't go to Croaks' house. So, it's it's like, yeah, come to our house. But that's how we, like, I mean, to be honest, that's, we like it like that. Like, we ha- like having the boys there and mm. it's a good space. You seem to have a lot of love to give, especially those that are close. When you let people in, you, you really let them in and you, you protect and take care of them. Yeah, it's important. Be good to those who are good to you, Frankie, and that's one thing that we we try and look after all our mates. I mean, me and Kaylin are very fortunate, right? We're in the position that we've always dreamt of, and we're lucky enough to do this for a job. Um, and all the things that come with it are, are really positive as well. And you know, some of our mates might not sort of be getting looked after as much as as we do, and we try and you know help them out in any way as we can. And kind of what gets to Kaylin? How do you get to him? The the hair yeah, the hair yeah. ones are classy. Yeah. There's some other ones, but I'll, I'll hold them back. But yeah. I was saying this to someone today. It's cheap laughs, but it's pretty yeah. funny. Like it's all cheap laughs. It's cheap humor, you know, comedians. But we do have. We know what we know what hurts and gets a laugh. How do you get to him, Carlin? Oh, the, the height. The height. <laughs> height. Uh, Look, the- I, if I could change it, I would. But you know, this is me. This is the body I'm in. So I've just got to accept it for what it is. You can only take what you got out in the street, man. That's oh. what you got. Hey, how do you describe each other? I'll, I'll give you five words, Connor. You can start. Do you want me to look at you in the eyes when I say this? <laughs> You make me nervous, bro. <laughs> I would say Kalen's very loving. Yep. He's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. He's very fun to be around with all these great things. He's also too much of a free spirit that he forgets to change the toilet roll when it needs to be done or like put ice back in the fridge or wash the clothes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I haven't done washing in ages. Right. Do you think so, a genie comes in and does it or? Oh, my saving grace does it. It's gonna. <laughs> I, I mean to. I'll put it in there and then I forget to turn it on. So I just forget. I'm very forgetful in, in some ways. Mm. You can return serve now. How would you describe Connor? Oh, I've got nothing really negative um, that I can say. I'm nervous. We sometimes we sit at dinner and we go, all right, let's be nice to each other. You look good today. Like it's really gets real awkward. Uh, I've learned a lot being with Connor. I think, um, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself, but just the way he he's very thoughtful. Uh, he does care a lot of, about a lot of people, but he's also got a lot of time for himself. Like he understands that at the end of the day, no one else is going to do it for you but yourself. I mean, like we, we get along, we get along, we bounce off yeah. each other, but we're very we're opposite in some ways, but we're very much alike. Um, yeah, mm. fun, good to be around. He's someone that if he doesn't know something, he'll look it up or he'll ask or he'll he'll seek further advice, which is something that I don't do, which I've learned from him. He's a he's a yellow dot at heart, so yellow dots like um, OCD. Everything has to be in its place, has to know the bigger picture. Therefore, it allows him to get after it. Whereas I, I'm probably someone that doesn't have to know the bigger picture. I'll just, I'll just sort of do it and, and hope to find my way. But yeah, I could, could, probably could keep going. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. It sounds like it could go forever, Connor. Start getting emotional here in a second. Well, actually, nice segue, because I want to ask you about that. With COVID, you're both touchy-feely people, and Mm. the the, the rules are changing. You're not not allowed to go up and give someone a hug or a kiss, but, Connor, both you and Carl, and I've watched you both, if I see a lady you know, like our staff members, you go up and give them a kiss. Is that difficult for you? the world, I think initially straight after COVID, I think people were like, oh. We're getting out of it. Yeah, but the world's going back to normal. Yeah, I'm not talking about walking up and passion strangers. I'm just. Oh, we're not uh, talking about. Uh, um, well, you can do that too when you. Nah. Yeah, we are affectionate, I guess. I don't know. I definitely am. I know I am. Connor is. Yeah. Do you want me to talk more about passion? Because dance floors are back open. You're both dancers. Is I that do a- know that. I do know that, Frankie. We, we haven't were, danced yet. No, nah, we are. Uh, we haven't danced yet. We haven't been out. Oh, but um, we're excited though. Yeah, it's an exciting thing. Okay, I'm going to hit you some weird stuff. So, a little few myths. Want to put a few myths to bed here, Carlin? Rugby league was it always your choice, or was there another sport that jumped out in front? It wasn't my choice until late. There was a few sports like golf was my main sport growing up. Then I was at the cows and I wasn't happy with what was going on there so I was going to go to AFL and then yeah Lions actually kind of half signed I signed like a just your first name you didn't get no well like it was like a pre thing so that if I got out of my contract I'd go straight there and then I come to the Knights and I I loved it here so I I reneged on that and and come here so I could be playing AFL right now if it wasn't for the Knights can I just highlight how much we're grateful two things one thanks for choosing the Knights we appreciate that but imagine losing this bloke to AFL I know it would have been crazy do you reckon you would have been good at afl my mindset was like i had a five year it was going to be for five years so i was like oh i'll just work hard for two years learn the game and then hopefully that third year i debut that itself would be like this year or last year debuting in afl so that was my mindset so yeah it's pretty pretty crazy look how much you've done (laughs) i'm glad i believe in that time i'm glad i stayed golf you said okay go how would you rank yourself as a golfer when you're young uh, I won the New Zealand title as a 13-year-old, so <laughs> in, in under 13. So I was I was there. I was thereabouts. Golf is a quite a hard sport. So yeah, there's a lot of hours, and it's you're on your own. Like I like team sport. I like being around people. So yeah, it wasn't for me in the end. He's very humble, Connor. He was playing off two at the age of... How old were you when you got to two? Uh, my lowest I got to was like seven when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Far out. Wow. Um, do you remember anyone that you versed? Has anyone gone no, on the PGA or anything? No, not really. Uh, a few of the people that were older than me that I didn't really know them, I just knew of them, did amateur stuff, but no one's really made it. 
So, is it still your passion? Is that you no. get to, no, no, wow. like I love to go out. Mm. Me and Connor will go for a hit, maybe, but it's definitely not. Nah, I'd rather go down the beach or you know, if it's a, a sunny day, I'd rather be doing that. He's a hard love, you've really got to be good to keep in love with him. You, you have to keep in, entertaining him all the time, Connor. He's it's go, cra- golf, you're going out. <laughs> it's crazy, he's stuck with me for nearly three years now. We'll be yeah. coming up on three years this yeah, it's June, eh? Crazy. This June, we've been going out for three. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been dead. <laughs> Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Stand together and get amongst the action by taking your seat at the next home game. Tickets are available at knightshub.com.au. Mitchell Pearce, my co-host Blake Green on the Knights HQ podcast. Wow. There's only 42 players in the history of this game since 1908 that have played 300-plus games. And Mitchell Pearce joins that rare air this weekend. We take on the West Tigers Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, McDonald Jones Stadium. Ironically, his father was a legend for the, the Tigers side of the West Tigers and also playing for the Alan McMahon Shield, which happens each year since 2005. The Knights' first ever coach and one of the Balmain Tigers' legend players. So it's quite a big day at McDonald Jones Stadium. He doesn't need a lot of background introduction, but let's talk some stats here on this amazing journey for Mitch. 306.74 tries. His first grade debut was round two, 2007. His first first game for the Newcastle Knights was that famous night. Extra time field goal against Manly where he slotted the one point to win 19-18 in round one 2018 it's been an amazing journey for this young fella a north ride hawks junior also played with the asquith magpies 19 state of origin tests two grand finals he won 2013 i think for me the most remarkable bit outside of four jack gibson medals and a whole heap of other stats along the way he captained australian schoolboys and the new South under 17s in 2006 in a side that contained israel falau within three months time Both those two players are playing in the NRL at the tender age of 17. And ever since that day, Mitchell's done nothing but NRL. He's the fifth youngest to this milestone. He would have been the youngest in front of his great mate and his mentor in Freddie Fittler, who just pipped him. But it's an amazing milestone, and we're really, really honoured to be joined today on the podcast. Mitchell Pearce. What a journey. <laughs> How many stats? You made that Jeez. sound better than I am, but... Uh... No, I could have kept going. I've got another three pages, actually. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'll go first, you. It's a unique list that you that you joined, mate. You should be, like, incredibly proud of, of that achievement. I know we'll, we're laughing there at all the stuff that, that Frankie rattled off, but, mate, it, it's really special. I think for me, to have played this many games, I probably, I'm probably i proud of myself in the fact of the amount of hard work you put in and the discipline that it takes to, to get yourself up each week. Tell us a little bit about that, mate, like, in terms of the, the roller coaster. You won the comp- with the Roosters in 2013 I know well because I played you in the World Club Challenge I was for Wigan that's right <laughs> and, you, and you touched us up but you were full of superstars it's a pretty good team that one <laughs> pretty, good. Yeah, pretty good team that one it was a big cap that year but mate you've had like you said you've had highs and lows the one I want to ask about is when, when you come back in you, you play Origin as a young kid and in my opinion you cop way too much heat and criticism for things that weren't your fault and then you come back in and win the series how good must have that have felt because I I know, I know. For me, watching that, I was like, mate, I was that happy for you. Thanks, bro. Um, oh, mate, that was that was a really good feeling. I think through Origin and coming in young, and obviously falling short a lot of times, it was a quite a traumatic time there at different points. I spoke before about the emotion that goes around all players and the roller coaster that, that footy is and it's why we love it but coming out of origin when you put so much into those series and then to fall short and a lot of those games as great as Queensland were they were only they were tight games and a lot of them only have always played in it would always went to a decider so the amount of emotion to get up for those games and then 
obviously the ambush that comes after it, which is all part of it, is it can be tough. So you've got to learn to, to show some strength of character and, and bounce into the next job for your club team so you don't let your teammates down at club footy. So you learn a lot through those times. But for me, you know, that year, 2019, I was playing some really good footy here. And then when I got that opportunity, yeah, just to get the monkey off the back was a great feeling. You're listening to Knights HQ. We are looking and the journey that Mitchell Pearce has been on to get to 300 NRL games. Jude, when you look back on footy, from an early age, you you, well, you were always brought into a family that was rugby league. Your father's an iconic rugby league figure. He, he's a game changer both on and off the field. But your family held you back for a little bit. They just wanted to protect you from that. Can you share a bit of that with us? Yeah, so I was always... I uh, always wanted to play footy and then mum and dad didn't want me to play rugby league till I was, well they didn't put an age on it but I kept knocking the door in until I was about, I was able to play at 10 but um, I think dad more than anything probably just wanted me to go on and play other sports and get another bit of a feel for other things so that it wasn't, he probably knew the attention that was going to come if I played footy being who he was so played soccer for a while, played a lot of tennis when I was younger, I really enjoyed tennis which you might not believe but I loved it. I used How to did watch- you hit him <laughs> Were you, I was you all right there for a while. I was all right. I got into it for a bit. Athletics was a big thing in my um, in my juniors. I was I was right into athletics and trained pretty hard for that. But yeah, once I always wanted to play footy, and then once once I started playing, I um, never put the footy down. I can't just go past the tennis. Let's go back for a minute. Uh, <laughs> Dad got we, me because he, he's not he's not real high for yeah. a big serve, but he must have just been like fast around yeah. the court. You know? Are we talking? Are we at serve and volley type? Not a good backhand. backhand. <laughs> You've copped a few of those over. <laughs> uh, I remember at school. I remember at school that I was playing tennis and being a competitor. It was a pretty funny story. I actually had to go in and see the principal and everything because I spat the dummy. I was playing doubles yeah. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with a guy that was uh, like a guy that was at school that we were sort of we weren't socially friends, but and uh, he wasn't playing real good one game. And <laughs> mum and his parents were there, and I was having a shock. I ended up throwing the racket. I broke the racket, and we're playing against another school, and I had to write a letter into the teachers and everything. So let me picture a this: you, you, you're at the back back courts of ride somewhere. And we've got a code violation, Mr. Pierce. Since you didn't do the Djokovic and hit the ball and hit anyone, did you? Was that? Nah, no. but I was pretty. I had a chip on the shoulder. So that, <laughs> Mum and Dad pulled me up pretty hard for that, and I had to go in and see the principal. The Knights HQ podcast is brought to you by Maxwell Recruiting and Training, providers of engineering and construction labour to the Hunter for over a decade. Last year alone, they supplied over 210,000 labour hours with zero lost time injuries. They're also the industry's only labour hire provider based right here in the region with registered training organisation on the same premises to improve safety for workers and clients. For highly skilled labour hire and real world training and engineering trades and construction, check out Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Looking for merch? Celebrate the past with the limited edition 2021 Heritage Jersey. Shop in store or online. Welcome back, Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. We're about to go into a deep dive now with Kurt Mann and our special guest. He's our special guest, aren't you? That's right, my co-pilot is Lockie mm. Fitz. You're helping me drive yeah, this. Yeah, we're steering the ship. Yeah, you do. Kurt's a special guy. I feel comfortable with him as a Very pop. special guy. There's yeah. a lot of special. Yeah. Speaking of special, it's a special time for Australia uh, when Anzac Round rolls around in the NRL because we know then we're starting to stop and pause and pay tribute to those men and women who've served and continue to serve for us for the rights that we enjoy every day in this society. We live in a wonderful country and it's all because people along the way have decided that they would go and fight for our freedom we appreciate that and i love the way that the 
NRL celebrates Anzac Round 50. It's pretty special. Massive. Kurt, you've got a special, it holds a special place for you. Your, your family's got some attachment to war and fighting for our country. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few. Um, so my grandfather, he was in the anti-aircraft regiment. Um, I did a bit of research today, just to, looked up his, his serial number and that for war. So he enlisted in 1942, so he was 21 years old when he enlisted. Um, him and his mates caught the train down to Brisbane because they lived out in the sticks out in Mudderborough, so they hopped the train, caught it all the way down to Brisbane to enlist, and then he ended up in Papua New Guinea. His brother ended up over in Borneo, and yeah, they, they fought there. His brother lost his life um, in action over in Borneo, and then my nan lost one of her brothers as well in Borneo as well. Growing up, did they reflect on those times? Could, could you Did you share much as a family? We always did the Anzac Day thing. You know, we, we do the dawn service every year, and... Um, I'll continue to do that with my family as well. So he did speak about it a little, not too much. You know, I think he sort of went through a fair bit of stuff over there, losing friends and mm. losing people pretty close to him and that. So every now and then you'd get a bit out of him about what he sort of went through and that. But he liked to share the good stories of it. That That's mostly what he, he'd talk mm. about. So what, what was it? 44, did you say? To 1942, he enlisted. So the Second yeah. World War was he around? Yeah, on the Kokoda Trail. So yeah. he, he was over in, in Papua New Guinea fighting. So yeah, I think he had a month of training or something, not even, not even that long. And then straight on on the ship, straight over Papua New Guinea. I'm not sure if you know this, but I actually did the Kokoda Trail when I was 19. It's, um, it's a surreal experience. I don't know if either of have you guys done I, it. Yeah, I haven't. I want to. Yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's a surreal experience. We flew in to. You can either walk from the outside and walk in, or you fly in and walk out. And we flew in. Yeah, it's an amazing experience. You learn so much on the trek, and and what those blokes said. Well, they're actually kids. A lot of them were kids. What those kids actually went through. It's, it's eye opening stuff. Yeah, um, he was twenty one at the time when he went mm. over, and his mates were all younger than him. So yeah, nineteen year olds, eighteen year olds. So yeah, and like you said, some of the terrain over there on the Kokoda track. I've seen some of the pictures and that of it. It's mate, some of the stuff they went through is, is ridiculous, and you now the spirit they showed over there is unreal. Have you considered doing the Kokoda track yourself? Yeah, I, I'd love to do it. I need to find someone who's pretty keen to do it with me my brother we've spoke about it me and my brother have spoke about doing it together but hasn't come about yet but i reckon at some stage i'm going to get across there and do it i'm mm. sure you'll get there who did you do it with Fitzy? i actually did it as part of the nights as, as a young group of us with joe tarpany um josh birch craig smith came with us matt gidley came with us wow so we did it as part of a as an under 20 thing and it was a bit of a not a mentoring program but kind of a bit of a you know inside to 19 year olds back in those days what they had to go through and you know yeah it's pretty special and we walked it in eight days it was an eight-day crossing, and yeah, like you said, Kurt, the terrain, some of the terrain was unbelievable. And the hardest part about it, it rains every afternoon, and, and not just rains, it pours. And um, every night we had to walk to the campsite, but back in that day, they didn't have the luxury of a campsite. One thing he always used to speak about was the mosquitoes. So he reckoned yeah. the mosquitoes were vicious. They were massive too. Yeah, we were taking all sorts of amoxicillin or whatever it was, to, so you didn't get and the, um, mud, the virus. Mosquitoes and mud were yeah. his two favourite things. Tough terrain, but it was a life-changing experience for myself a, a very there's a great eye opener and i'll definitely do it again i'd definitely recommend it to any other one who's listening or whoever's thinking about it yeah it's a great idea anyone who gets that opportunity you come back a different person and we lost the great tommy radonicus uh, recently and he speaks about it i think he did it with singer on a hollywood blokes mm. and they said it was life-changing even at that stage of their life what about your memories of playing on anzac day kurt you've played in some sorry really sione Mataudia was the other one sorry see if you're listening i'm sure you're probably listening all the way across the other side of the world yeah sione was the other guy he is listening i know he'll be giving you feedback uh, on that as well sorry so you know i was lucky enough to at the storm you yeah. play a 
game on Anzac Day, so I played a couple of games there, and mate, spec, it's it's chilling when you stand like you're out there. There's thirty thousand people, dead quiet, and they play the last post. Very chilling, you know. I think it's it's something you don't want to take for granted because it doesn't come around very often. And to be able to honour those blokes like that, it's you know it's something very special. And then at the Dragons to do the same thing as well. I got the chance to do it in Sydney. So I got to play the three Anzac Day games there when I was at the Dragons and yeah, exact same thing. Very, very chilling, great spectacle and, and just, you know, to be able to play on that day, such a special day. It's, it's a sacred day in Australia. Everyone knows it. Like you, Anzac Day is sacred in Australia and, and for us to be given the opportunity to play footy on that day, it was um, something special. Yeah, lest we forget for all those people who have and continue to fight for our freedom, we appreciate it and I love the way the NRL has shown its respect and continues to support that and I thought you boys captured that really well then. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, still more to come on Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Your power powers our Knights. Come out charging and secure your 2021 membership at knightshub.com.au. Welcome back, Knights HQ. We are grilling Kurt Mann with my co-pilot, Fitzy. Mm. Hey, Fitzy, let's ask him five mm. quick questions. All right, Kurtley. Uh, the favourite thing for you to do in Newcastle? Ooh, probably go to the beach. What beach? Stockton Beach now because that's the closest one. <laughs> there's no beach left at Stockton. Hey, <laughs> there's sand dunes. There's a lot of beach. <laughs> there's good sand dunes. All right, uh, Kurt. What? <laughs> this is a famous because I know you don't read. What was the last book you read? I've never read. Book, <laughs> <laughs> the menu at um, like I said, don't read. I read the menu today at Lambton Park Hotel. There you go. <laughs> Had a chicken snitty if anyone wants to know. All right, who or what would you be lost without? Am I supposed to say my missus? Yes, or? you are. <laughs> She's okay, going to yeah. listen. Taylor, my, yeah, Taylor, my, oh, and my kid, obviously, Huxley, my little boy, mm. and my dog is the other big one. What about your lawn watering app? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Has it been half an hour? you, you got to turn that off. It's, no, yeah. it's done. It turns off itself. There you oh, go. Oh, this is technology. Even gives you, I got a notification before it popped up on my watch, said it turned off. I've learned so much. Yeah. What's your favourite drink, Kurt? Would be wrong if I said like alcohol. <laughs> no, go. Okay, you're right. That's if I was gonna, okay. If I was going to like do a we beer, beer sponsor, do we? <laughs> Bedsy Steel City. Yeah, Bedsy. <laughs> Bedsy, you got me Danny, Steel City. That's Danny Baderis. Sad to yes. him. Yeah. Oh no, I've asked him heaps of times to hook me up. He hasn't given me anything no, yet. He's, he's tight. He's very tight. Mm. That's why he's got money. He doesn't give mm. any away. Mm. So how did you go? What, what's your favourite drink? Yeah. No. Nah, so if I was going to have a beer, it'd probably be like a Carlton Dry. But if it's, I don't really drink soft drink. I just drink water usually. Like, yeah. I'm not a big soft drink drinker. I'd see you as a rum and coke man myself. Oh, Whitten. that's after the beers yeah. usually. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Who was your hero growing up? Probably Darren Lockyer. You know, he was every kid in Queensland sort of looked up to him. All right, I'm going to wrap up with a health and fitness philosophy brought to you by Balance Collective. What's the tip you've got for people on health and fitness? Just get out and do something. That's probably the, the main thing. That's the, the thing that people struggle with the most is actually getting out and you know, finding the energy to get off the couch and go and do something. Even if it's just go, get outside, being in the sun, um, you know, just, just walking around and enjoying life. I love that. Or Balance Collective. Or you can do what Mitchell Pierce has been seen doing, just cruising around Merriweather, shirt off with the sling, just striding his way up and down the beach. Mate, he's been meditating. Like he, He's almost like, he can almost levitate, apparently. <laughs> he's that good at it. <laughs> Thank you very mm. much to Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Kurt Mann for coming in. We'll be back in a fortnight. All right. Love it. Thanks, we'll folks. We'll check you out. Cheers. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. See you guys. Knights HQ needs you. Rate and review wherever you listen.